All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Common Man Bets podcast. I'm Zach with you. We got John Reed with us, and we have Lance Slots from the dead. Like, what has it been, two weeks? Had a lot going on. Um, playing shitty golf, um, but I'm back. So, so from, from back. the man himself, John let's, Reed and I had this conversation let's, about – Last let's, week, let's do clear. Think, let's clear this. Let's clear clear this up right now. Yeah. Do you yeah, think you could hold a seventy-two shot lead at the U.S. Open in seventy-two holes? So here is my uh, my uh, my take on this, um, John. I love the confidence in me, um, Zach. I love the uh, realistic um, realistic take on things. So here's what I'm thinking about this whole U.S. Open 72-hole lead thing. It's the tease. If, like, I am not – now, I mean, if you go out with just the regular, you know, the fellas or whatever, and you're going to be like, okay, like, he, he gets it off the tee. I only hit the ball, like, 275, 280 on a, on a good one, and I can, poke, I can poke one out there 300 from time to time, but the course has to be dry or, like – I am not – these guys – you, you got to understand, these guys hit the ball like three, 330, 340 off the tee. And that's like – that's really going to be the difference because I can't hit a, a four iron into every par four and stick one. Now, once in a while I can, but like for 72 holes, that's going to be questionable. So my take on it is if I play from – you know, we're saying we're playing at what was it the uh, the country club at what was it the, bo- the one in uh, Boston, right? Yeah, the, yeah, it was called the country club. The, yeah, I don't I don't know what the name of it is. So okay, so say I get to play the white tees um, at the country club, and I have a seventy-two hole lead. I think I could, you know, have a chance. But if I'm playing the tees that those guys are playing. I mean, see you later. These they're like five hundred and twenty yard par fours. And that's like that's that's just way too much. That's beyond anything I'm capable of. And you know, you throw everything else in the mix as far as conditions and you know, high grass and bunkers and speeds of the green. Um, so, John, I uh, Here, okay. Here's my thing for, for the confidence. That's, that's Here's awesome. John's thing. Here's my thing. You having a caddy, and yeah. you go and and you going out there playing it a little bit and having those practice rounds. I would I would probably focus. I would probably re- be really focused, and I probably wouldn't drink, uh, you know, six beers three three aside like I usually do while I'm playing. So that probably is gonna, you know, help me out. I've got a hot take on this one. I think that makes you better. Because those holes that you're kind of, you know, it's anything with drinking games. You kind of have that where the sweet spot, the, the drinking makes you better, and then you fall off the peak. Like sweet spot. you have that that ramp up at least with those. You just got to toy that top a little bit. It's just it's the bottom line is it's the tees. I mean, I'm not a short player by no means off the tee as far as you know your regular average Joe playing on a Tuesday night with the guys at the country club. What Evan is trying to say is he's huge. 
huge off the tee. But I mean, when it comes down to it, hitting it, hitting it 270, 275, 280 on a good ball, that is not going to get it done on, on a U.S. Open. Hell, any of these golf courses. Now, these guys hit it. I mean, if you're averaging 285, 290, you're last, you know, Kisner, Kisner's, he's, he's probably like last on the PGA tour and driving distance guy hits it like 285, 290 off the tee. It's just, that's, that's, that's the difference. But do you think, so if you had a 72 shot lead, but you had to go from their tees, but you could take one off the deck in the fairway, only if you hit the fairway. Do you think you could then do it? What do you mean off the? What do you so mean? Like if your second shot, if you hit the fairway, you can tee it up in the fairway. I'll tee. No, I'm not gonna do that. You yeah, mean from, that was like the, from the, the like other? The oh, that wouldn't that wouldn't help me at all? No, I'm saying if I if I got to play the you know the white tees there at the, yeah. at the country club, what you know your average, well you know if me and you were members there. Yeah, and me, you, and John go play on a Tuesday night, and we play the white tees. I think I could maybe have a chance in those conditions to hold a seventy-two lead. Maybe, yeah. maybe that is a big maybe. Because you'd have to hit, you'd have to go under bogey golf for dude, sure. From those, from those back tees, good night. That not even. I would shoot one hundred and thirty. <laughs> not even close. I think close. this is. I've been saying this for years from a track. The tips. They they need people, just an average Joe. Like for for us for track, like in the Olympics, they need an average Joe out there just running. See how unbelievable. And I think that's the same with golf. You should have an average Joe scratch golfer out there with these guys, just to see how like you'll see the bottom PGA guy at like plus what four or five, and then average Joe at like plus twenty. I don't know if we brought. I think I'm. I don't know if we brought this up in the last time I was on here, but the um, the U.S. Open qualifiers. You know, there's there's sectional qualifiers uh, in like every state, and you know they kind of like region it, whatever. But the guy lost his fantasy football league, and they made him play in the U.S. Open qualifier. And the dude was solid. From my understanding, the dude was you know solid, probably around scratch or you know, at least a mid-low single-digit handicap, and the guy shot like 115 or something. Now, he's probably really nervous and freaking out, but, you know, everybody was, like, pissed. He was playing with them. They're like, what, what's this guy doing out here? But, I mean, that it, – it's – this is this no joke. This is no joke whatsoever. And That is amazing. Yeah. That's – So, we kind of got off topic there for a while, but – we're going to keep going. With golf. We, yeah. We've, Evan, you've got some, some LIV stuff. Yeah. Let's talk, let's talk live golf here. Um, just recently listening to the, uh, for the people podcast, um, no free shout outs, but um, John Peterson and uh, JJ Colleen, both former tour players have a podcast for the people pretty good. And they had uh, Grayson Murray on there, complete psycho about half a scumbag. Um, but he, <laughs> I don't know if this is true or not, but he said he was playing with Bryson um, in the U.S. Open, which Bryson just went to live. And Bryson said, and this is from Grayson Murray, and he says that the PGA Tour is paying 
those top dogs they had there, you know, there's five, five or 10 guys who they groom. And this is kind of a recent thing they're doing where they're really, you know, force feeding these guys. And this, these are their guys at JT Spieth and Rory um, are names that he said from Bryson. They're paying these guys under the table to, uh, you know, say stuff in uh, interviews, say stuff on social media and, I kind of believe it. I don't. What What do you guys think about read that? What What is What's your take on that? I I kind of believe it. it. It's It's a giant conspiracy, but you know, I mean, it's coming from it's, Bryson. That he's about half a well. You know, well here, he, here's but. here's the one thing that Bryson's just pissed off at the PGA's because Bryson hits the long balls. He's considered big data. He's called big driver. And he's just this guy that just wants to golf ball as far as he can. Yeah. And then just see if he can, but, if he can cheat he, code, but he's he can not- cheat code. But here's the thing. He wants to create content. And if you saw him at his practice round today, cause they tee off tomorrow, he had about five or six cameras behind him shooting yeah. vlogs, shooting, getting different angles, taking pictures. And that's what he wanted to do on the PGA tour. And the PGA tour said, no, that's a distraction. That's not how the game of golf is being played today, you know, in today's times. And that's just how it is. And he was mad about that, that he couldn't almost kind of like a college football athlete. that can't make money off his name, image and likeness. And that was his biggest he uh, concern. Had, he had his year where he was Mm -hmm. the poster boy of the PGA, not the poster boy, but he was held in the same regards as those guys I mentioned. And then he hasn't been, you know, treated like those guys and groomed and like the same stuff that, that, that Grayson Murray was saying about how they groom these guys. And, you know, these are their guys and Bryson wasn't getting that same respect. So I'm not sure if I believe it or not, but, would it surprise me? I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. That these guys are getting paid. It's the table. I, yeah. I think. I think right now for some of these guys, like Rory, you know, he has to think about his legacy right now. That's his biggest thing is because he's you know considered the next best golfer since Tiger Woods. So for him, you know, I think it's it'd be hard. I can see someone like JT, and I can see like someone like Jordan Spieth, big names, one of lot, young, and are going to continue to be there on tour, and you got to keep them there. But for someone like Rory, it's hard for me to believe because his legacy will be tarnished if he leaves because he, it, it goes right now in the. Since 2000, Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, you know, both of those two were at the top since probably the, yeah. you know, early to, from 2002 to 2022. Uh, yeah, I mean. And, and if you think back, because you got to think of people like Colin Morikawa, who was considered at a young age, the next Tiger Woods, you know, young, already won two majors. You know, he's up and coming. I can see someone like him, Jordan Spieth, won majors, a lot of legacy there. Him, but he's like, hey, you know, if you want me to keep out here doing this, you're going to have to, you know, dish on the side. And, and I can, more, I can see Morikawa. Morikawa is right in there with who Bryson and those guys are talking about. Who the PGA mm-hmm. Tour is, you know, these are their uh, their cash cows and who they're going to cater to. And it pisses it pisses everybody else off. It really does. Oh, yeah. It really I does. Mean, 
and they're, they're the best golfers when all the best golfers are leaving there's a reason they're staying like i don't think it's because yeah. their legacy like i don't think it's because it's the good of their heart and they will they're so there's i would i would not be shocked at all if in like a year or two they come out and say oh we were paid getting paid under the table it wouldn't surprise me at all. And, and another thing is, Spieth is on, I don't know what his title is, but he's, he is somewhere in the, uh, he's in, he's in with the PGA Tour as far. He's like a, I don't even know what to call it. He's like a player representative or something than the PGA Tour. Yeah. The, there's and, almost like a, and I think that's, I think, I think this is hilarious where Live Golf contacts Jordan Spieth and says, we'll pay you. $250 million to come play on our, you know, in our circuit. And he has to say no, because he would, you know, he would look like a pretty bad guy there. If he would, you know, he's, he's player rep or whatever on the PGA tour. And then he just says, okay, I'm going to live. Like, I think that's kind of funny that he has to turn down $250 million just to say face, but, uh, it's just it's a total mess and the whole like you, you can tell who's involved with the PGA tour who's getting paid by the PGA tour who makes money off the PGA tour and I'm not talking golfers I'm talking media and that type of thing you can tell with like the stuff that they say on social media what the deal is like bottom line who cares what you're, you're going to tell, okay, Zach, you're a professional runner or John, you're a professional, whatever. And you're going to, you're going to really judge somebody for uh, taking more money in your professional, in your profession. Well, it's like, I, I, don't, the, I don't get that. I don't get that. And, and NBA, what was it? The, was it the balls kid? He went, instead of going to college, he went over to, to Europe to finish out, to be eligible for the NBA draft. Right. I don't, he, I don't. Yeah. He, yeah, played, he played in Australia. Like that's, I would say that's pretty similar as you, far as a. You, you like, make it to the top of your profession and you're going to fault somebody for, for doing what's best for them and their family. Yeah. I, I, I do not get where, where the moral argument is where they're bringing up like this blood money Saudi thing. Like you, like you're pretending that Patrick Reed's out there, you know, committing these crimes or, you know, civil rights issues himself. Patrick Reed confirms scumbag, but like he's not doing, he's not doing it. And if somebody offers you that much money to go play golf, like, I just don't understand where, where the, uh, you know, the, the, this whole moral argument, I just really don't understand how you're putting that on the golfers. And I could be wrong, but that's just, that's just my opinion. I, I don't know. I don't know. I what you baseball, baseball has been going through, not like with money wise, but just like other stuff. It's just like, it's the purists versus like the new wave. And it's, it's starting to get ridiculous. It's starting to shift better. So hopefully they can figure it out. Do you think the LIV is sustainable with all this money being thrown around? <laughs> That's another thing. It, it, it can't be. It can't be. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. It's one of those things. So, I don't know. Let's I look back. Unless you want – you got any more, anything more to say? I just, like – 
I don't understand why people are like attacking all these these guys who are going to live personally. There's obviously some beef like with Brooks Kepka, the guys he's obviously got beef with PGA Tour mm-hmm. just on how they kind of approach things. But I don't understand why people are attacking these guys like morally. Um, They're just trying to get theirs, man. With with, I just don't understand how you can attack somebody for taking more money for what they do professionally. Yeah. Like U.S. money isn't clean. Help. Uh, Phil Mickelson played for KPMG, which is a Saudi-based company for whatever. 10, 15 years, nobody says a word. And then all of a sudden this happens and, you know, there's just. Everybody loses their mind. Everybody loses their mind. You wake up, you wake up tomorrow morning and you see a 20 tweet thread from a right PGA tour writer about these guys are getting off on it, writing about it and accusing people of stuff. And I just, I just don't get it. That shows how get corrupt it. the PGA probably has been for the last 20 years, but no one's really better than I to it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like how much bad blood is between the, these people that play golf with each other almost, what, every weekend, I would say? Yeah, yeah I think there might be like two weeks. Like I said at the beginning, like they're they're grooming the, the top. They have their 10 guys or whatever. And if you do that where – you, you kind of slap these other guys in the face with it. And then this comes up. What do you expect? What do you expect people are going to do? Yeah. I, I, yeah. That's just my, my opinion. I, th- but. I, I think the, um, the, the craziest thing I saw was that the college girls, as you'd say, got, and the, their best is considered like the number one overall player in all of college was offered a multi-million dollar contract from the live golf to see if they can start pulling some of these top high school go- or not high school college golfers to skip going to the corn ferry earning their stripes and then working through and get to the pga tour and, save, and put them against the big dogs and him and his dad sat down and then they were like no like this is against i guess you would say like his like the reason why he started playing golf wasn't because of money. You know, it was, you know, his dream was playing in the PGA tour, you know, and that was like one of the things that a lot of these college golfers will have to realize, you know, these top ones, at least, you know, do I want to make money or do I want to try to play on the PGA tour to say I played on the PGA tour because as soon as you go to live, we don't know if those players will ever get to come back to the PGA tour. If the live folds, you know, PGA tour can be like, well, you know, you're banned for life. And some of these college golfers were being like, well, if that happens, you know, I'm screwed because I don't want to go play in the, uh, what was it? Uh, it's not European tour anymore. It's called the DP world tour. Yeah. yeah you're going to either going to play in a DP tour away from your family, the Asia tour, or, you know, down in Mexico and playing down in there. The, so, the, so if you're one of the top college players coming out, I mean, it's a select few that, you know, you go to the Corn Ferry Tour and you basically are are about dead broke for two years having hopes of getting a PGA Tour card. Mm-hmm. What sense does that make to do that? Unless you come from, you know, uh, a really wealthy family where it really doesn't matter. Who, who's going to who's going to go to the, the Corn Ferry Tour and, and 
do that and battle for two years and you might not even make it. Say you play bad for six months. Why, why would you do that? And that's, that's the PGA tours problem. I think the PGA tour is really just, just upset. I think they're frustrated with themselves and how they kind of have it laid out. And that's part of the problem. And, And that's why you're seeing so much like emotion coming up about it is because they know they could have done better and, you know, live to work kind of slides in and just it kind of blows the whole thing up, but it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's not a good situation for the PGA tour. It really isn't. Well, hopefully yeah, it's not, it like creates them to be better. It's like challenges them to be better. And, but who knows? Yeah. And that, that's, that was the, the whole, I, not the idea of it, but you know, people saying, yeah, that, that this is good. This is good for golf. And then, this happens where everybody's freaking out and, you know, calling people out morally and that type of thing. That's just, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand why you have to attack people. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. And knows, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what this weekend holds. Yep. All right. So after that whole sad chat about the, uh, the live golf and the PGA, how golf is crumbling all over the world currently. Let's switch into something way better called college football. All right. John Reed's got us covered with college football. What do you got, futures? Yeah, so right now I'm going to start giving out my futures. Lines were changed because it's all based around off of last season predictions, what you got in from the transfer portal. There's still kids out there that, um, you know, that haven't fully committed, you know, which can change things up. And injuries do happen. But, you know, just off rough, rough estimate – you know what some players are bringing back. I need to go and get my book. I have a book on the way. It breaks college football. Uh, my buddy, uh, my college football analyst got his in. He's ready. He's starting to read it. He's on uh, daddy duty. So I uh, shout, shout to him. Just had a uh, brand new baby boy. So he's going to have a lot of free times on his hands, you know, trying to rock baby sleep and read about college football. But some over-unders I like right now. Arkansas over seven and a half wins. They had a really good season last year, bringing back a – lost some key key points on um, wide receivers. Uh, their uh, QB, who's a stud, reminds me of Cam Newton. That quarterback. Did you, guys, did you guys watch the – Penn State played Arkansas in the bowl game, right? Absolutely dominated Penn State. He's a tough dude, loves to run the ball, loves to throw it. I watched the game. Unbelievable. That quarterback is an absolute monster. Like, the, he's just absolutely plowing linebackers over. I, that was unbelievable. So, they return almost their whole and starting offensive line, seven and a half, over seven and a half games. A- SEC is no joke, but I think they can win eight games. You win eight games, and uh, you uh, is plus 140. That's my first one I like. I got a couple here. Iowa, over seven and a half, plus 110. Iowa is an eight, nine win ball club. Doesn't matter. They'll win over seven games. Easy as that. Next, LSU over six and a half minus 110. I think uh, Brian Kelly goes out there, wins, I think, seven games, but SEC is a little different. He's going to be battling right there at six, seven games. He will, they will make a bowl game, but I think they will get their, that seventh win and go over. Next. I got NC State over eight and a half. I think NC State wins 10, 11 games. Hell, they might even go 12-0. Bringing back a good uh, quarterback, 
Offensive line, great. Only lost one or two pieces. Wide receivers still there. Running back still there. Defense might be considered the top best in the country right now. Tony Gibson is going to be lean defense. Probably going to be, if everyone stays healthy, the most scoring uh, defense in the country. It's going to be awesome. ACC is still pretty weak, right? ACC is still weak. I got a couple other ACC teams on here. Shout out Tony Gibson, Boone County. Shout out Tony Gibson, Boone County. Uh, so eight, I like over eight and a half, but it's minus one sixty-five. So it's a hundred dollars just to win sixty-five. So you don't really make a whole whole bang uh, bang for your buck there. But we move on. Nebraska under seven and a half wins plus one ten. I would think they win seven games out flat. I don't think Casey Thompson is a good quarterback at all. Watching him play for Texas, Texas is awful. Casey Thompson was terrible. You know, Nebraska is a joke. They won like four games last year. No, they won three games. Best. Some people called them called Nebraska the best three win team in the country because they lost six games less than like fourteen points total. But you know, you know that doesn't show up on uh, win losses. That's not a good job. Scott Frost done at the end of the year. They win less than seven seven and a half games. We move on to Penn State over eight and a half. I like over eight and a half plus one ten. I think there's a lot of positive that's going around Penn State right now. Um, I think the Long Boys are going to have a turnaround season. I think the offensive line kind of breaks it up a little bit. Sean Clifford, I think he's got a more control of the offense now, being there for two years. I think James Franklin has finally understood how to play, but he has to slide. He has slide, has to get down. That's going to be key. Defensive line is going to be their biggest struggle. We'll see if they can get after the quarterback. They've lost yep. a ton of defensive linemen through the draft these past couple of years, getting after quarterback, people sitting out, people going. That's going to be the biggest key because if they can get to the quarterback, I think the safeties and corners can keep them on the coverage. So I like over eight and a half, but that's going to be a tough one. I like Pitt over seven and a half, too. They don't really play anybody this year. They don't play Clemson. Their hardest, their hardest three games are Tennessee, West Virginia, and Miami. And and two of those games are at home. Evan? What is what is Pitt to win the ACC coastal? Uh division as far as like what the, what are the odds if you bet on hold on it to win the ACC coastal right now they're sitting at plus 1400 just to to win the 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 whole conference division winners the win the coastal they're sitting at right now at plus 300 Miami right now is sitting at the top at plus 150 so Clemson is not in no it is this is how we see the ACC is you have Pittsburgh Virginia Miami North Carolina, VT, Georgia Tech. North Carolina just lost a quarterback. Uh, Virginia Tech uh, lost their quarterback. Georgia Tech is always awful. Virginia is not very good, but the quarterback's coming back. That's really good. And Miami with Van Dyke, this is this is supposed to be their year. Pitt wins the Coastal bottom line. That's – see it. And so, right now, they are over under 7.5, minus 170. I think they get over 7.5 games. It's not a whole lot of bang for your buck, but I think they win – Nine, ten games this year. You just take, so you just take the coastal. You take them winning. You, you just take them winning the coastal, and you got a better chance than that because it's going to come down to them playing Miami at the end of the year in Miami. So that's the last game of the season. Yep. Okay, so almost done here. South Carolina over six and a half. They've gotten a ton of transfers. Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler's tied in. A bunch of new guys coming in. I love Shane Shane Beamer and his offense in South Carolina. SEC, like I've said, tough place to play. Love seven wins. I love. I think seven and five is a great season for them. A huge turnaround. Plus one twenty five for over six six and a half. 
I, I think they can do it. Next, TCU. I like them under six and a half plus one twenty five. I just think TCU is awful. I think they they've been. I think they've won maybe five games. You know, the past couple of years, or they've been under five hundred. Everyone is high on TCU, saying they're going to be sleepers to win the Big Twelve. I just don't see it. Uh, just firing their head coach. You know, that's a huge turnaround. You know, if you fire your head coach, it's a huge turnaround trying to build up the program with your players, your scheme, everyone trying to learn everything in a short amount of time. I just don't see under uh, under or over seven games. So that's why I like them under six and a half. Next, I like Texas under eight and a half minus one of five. No way Texas wins. I know they got a new quarterback the second year under, uh, uh, which is Steve's um, Sark. Steve Sark. I think they get eight, eight games. I think I, they at least get six. They're going to be somewhere between six and eight games. Last year they went five and seven. So anything above 500 is going to be, is going to be great for them. But this new quarterback, it's his first year playing. He went to Ohio State and said, he's still a young kid. You know, there's a whole lot of hype that's going to be around them because of Arch Manning going there. Eight and a half games, I think it's just too much for them. I think Virginia goes over seven and a half plus 110. This is a huge sleeper for me. Quarterback, he's a lefty at Virginia. He had a huge tight end that wore number zero last year. That he's guy, gone. That guy was unbelievable. He's he probably, won them ball games. Dude, that guy's probably in the WWE right now. That guy was unbelievable. He was drafted in, in, in the NFL. I forget the team, but he was drafted. Stud tied in, but I do think Virginia wins eight games. Like I said, Coastal, not very good. I think they can do it. They just got to win their three games starting out, and they'll be good. And lastly, I like West Virginia over five and a half games minus 125. I think that is my lock. It, it, it's just the only one that makes sense out of all these. You know, minus 125, you know, you win uh, – you place a $100 to win uh, – there you go. Once a you, you place a hundred, always a student. So, so you place a hundred twenty. You place one hundred twenty-five dollars. You you get a you get a, in five and a half games. I think. Oh, we lost. At least at bonds. Basically, WVU wins at home every game. So. JR, five home games, six home games, we'll be fine. JR, what's the deal with the with the Pittsburgh internet? That should be five G there, brother. Hey, yeah, sorry about that. Here in the uh, here here in the uh, the dungeon as well as what I call it, Manny. Sometimes it gets a little shaky. Five and, over five and a half. That's my lock. WVU. WVU. So you're telling me WVU over five and a half, Zach? From an outside perspective. Me and you, what do you think about over five and a half? I, I'm going to put – knowing what I know about West Virginia at home, if they have six home games, they're going to – They're, they're going to win. They're going to win five. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. That's uh, – uh, I, I like every everything you, you said there. I, I like – I think – I think Pitt – Pitt to win the coastal plus three hundred is an absolute lock. That is that is so locked. But you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what uh, Miami has. I I don't know anything about Miami, but I think Pitt plus three hundred coastal is absolute lock city. Uh, it's got to be right. I mean, you can't. They were what a top. What are they, yeah, they they played. 
they played Michigan State in the what bowl was that? It was it was a pretty, was a pretty significant bowl. bowl. It was like that? it was like Sugar Bowl or yeah, former yeah, I think, former I BCF mean, bowl. And there's no way that they're gonna drop that. Like they're gonna drop a little bit after Kenny Pickett left, but they're not gonna drop that much. Yeah. Well, that's they just got USC's transfer quarterback in Slovis, so returning yeah. the returning yeah. the whole the whole offensive line. So yeah, you, you need wide wide receivers and running backs to step up. That's one of those goofy things where the sports books probably know more than us, and they're just baiting us with that plus three hundred. Yeah, wow, that's that's something there. I mean, I I think Pitt is going to be, um, you know, nationally. I don't think they're going to be a contender as far as national championship or anything, but you ACC yeah. coastal division, you kidding me? See ya. That's, that's All right. we're running out of time here though. We got to go into our favorite segment that has not happened in a while. <laughs> Swing it over to John Reed again for your Twitter news. All right. Twitter news. I got a little bit wrote down, um, did it on a whim, but, Let's get into it. First off, we're going to start out to uh, shout to Russia, Russia playing chess. They think they're playing chess, but they're really playing checkers. They have Brittany Griner detained still for over like 30 to 60 days, thinking that they're going to hold this hostage that, you know, Brittany Griner, oh, you, you know, if you don't stop help, helping Ukraine, you know, we'll never relieve, release Brittany Griner and everyone's just sitting there. Yeah. Reed's going full policy. Reed's going Less full policy. Like an eighth population going, we don't give full, a shit. Full politics so, here. Then, then, hey, it is what it is. We, I was going to say, we don't care. That's my, that's my Steve, Stephen, Stephen A. Smith. We don't care. Next, Pat Perez was asked today. He goes, he goes. They were talking about, you know, do you believe in Saudi Arabia doing all this? You know, do you believe that you, you know you made the right decision uh, coming to the live tour? He goes. Yeah, I don't care. Flat out tells him no. Doesn't 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 give a shit about you know what's happening in Saudi Arabia. He's there to play golf and make money. Showed up to the dinner and the draft wearing a money fucking t shirt. You think this guy cares about what's going on? He's about the money. Show me the money. All right, next. Shaq wants to buy the magic. Everyone is freaking out because you know they're like, oh, Shaquille O'Neal don't know shit. Biggest investor out of, outside the NBA owns like a a ton of Popeyes and KFCs, but that's beside the point. Next, big UFC fights this weekend. Give me Izzy to retain the belt. Give me Mad Max to uh, uh, to upset and finally get his belt back. Shout out to the Yak Case Race. Cannot wait to watch it. It's going to be electric. Love Shane Gillis. F- hilarious. I love Will Compton. I think it's going to be awesome. A possible common man bets case race soon, hopefully, maybe at the end of July. Could be virtual. Could be. Next, here we go. Shout out to the Gambling Gaucho Twitter account that recently followed from Common Man Bats, was able to send me a link, brought my brother a T-shirt. It's pretty lit. I'm going to have to drop the link in uh, on my Twitter for everyone to go check it out. Gambling Gaucho, Big 12 bet- uh, betting news. Shout out him. Ole Miss baseball, NCAA champs, World Series. Shout out Dusty. Dusty, if you know, you know. Roll Ole Miss. Next, John Beeline introduced to the College Basketball Hall of Fame. If people said it was for John Beeline, crawled 
So Bob Huggins could walk. You know, if it wasn't for John Beeline, there's no Bob Huggins. Lastly, here we go. We got some basketball news. James Harden is going to sign back with the Sixers, declining his um, his multi-million dollar deal. Kyrie to the Lakers, KD Portland, Ben Simmons left alone in Brooklyn. And lastly, Radio Shack tweeted out, if you find a squirter, marry her. Lastly, safety Jake, will there be any safeties this weekend in the UFC? After a long, deep thought, uh, I don't think there's going to be any safeties in the UFC. No safeties in the no UFC. Safeties. All right, folks, that's all we got for today. What a podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks.